Welcome, O curious and inquisitive Tenno, to the Cephalon Squared Lawcast. Be warned, serious spoilers will follow, so we'd recommend skipping if you are yet to complete the main storyline, currently ending with The Sacrifice. Otherwise, on with the show. G'day and welcome to the first ever Cephalon Squared Lawcast. We've been promising it for, well, 15 episodes now, I guess, uh, but we finally got around to it. I am your host, Cephalon Greg, and I'm joined as always by Cephalon Lucas. How are you doing on this fine evening? I'm doing great. My uh, defrag is finally over completely. Um, so now I'm just like, undergoing a, a little bit of a bit of a disc cleanup, but... Uh, Apart from that, everything's doing good. We're doing good. It's good. Yeah. And because we're in Australia and it's just entering into, you know, spring and summer, um, we've just got to make sure that our fans are all clean <laughs> so we don't overheat. Yes. It's already bloody hot here. Yes. Well, I've actually got my fan turned off so that we don't have to suffer from a little bit of a wind tunnel effect. So. Yeah. I've got a fan on in another room so that I can at least get a little bit of a blow of cool air on me, I hope. I can well, feel it a little bit. Well, I've got to sweat this one out, so... <laughs> Yay. Enjoy. <laughs> that paints a good picture for the uh, the listeners to, <laughs> to imagine. But anyway, enough about the weather. Um, yeah, so this is our first Lawcast. Law uh, we used to call it a spoiler cast, but, um, you know, we decided uh, that spoiler is a very sort of negative term. But the reality is there are going to be a shitload of spoilers in this. So um, uh, I'll say this at the start of every Lawcast, and it's up to you to decide whether or not you want to you, you want to continue. But this will be full of spoilers. We don't know how long these episodes are going to be. They could be half an hour, they could be an hour, they could be 20 minutes, probably not 20 minutes. There's a lot to talk about. But um, anything up to and beyond... The sacrifice is up for grabs in this. So if you haven't played up to and beyond the sa the sacrifice or um, the Chimera prologue now, then um, turn away because yeah, you're gonna get spoiled. And it is really worth playing it in the game. If you're happy to have it spoiled, well, stick around. Listen, um, Tenno, beware! And, Spoilers yeah, so, ahead. <laughs> exactly. So um, with that said. Let's move on, and now we can talk about everything. We are free to discuss operators and the fact that Lotus left us, and um, you know that uh, Ballas is now some sort of weird, freaky chimera <laughs> with you know an ass crack that goes right up to his his uh, chest. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> today's lawcast is going to couple of cover a, cost, a couple of things. Um, we're going to look at Stolen Dreams and new, new, The New Strange. The reason we're looking at both of them in one episode is because they're pretty much related. They're very closely related. Uh, one is part one, essentially, of the same story. Uh, and after that, Lucas is going to give an introduction to Cephalons, an overview as to what Cephalons are, so you can sort of understand us a little bit better. Yes, what are right. we? What are we, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> who knows lucas who knows let's move into it so stolen dreams um now these two quests don't have a hell of a lot of spoilers um but they do have some spoilers and they're the storyline that introduces is introduced in these threads is really the start of the core 
um, spoilery stories, which is why we're starting with this. And at the end of going through what the quests, what happens in the quests, Lucas and I will have a bit of a chat about um, what we think all of that actually means. So let's get into it. Stolen Dreams, of course, is unlocked from the Phobos Junction. Um, and this quest is all about, both quests really, are all about what they call the Arcane Codices. So they're a collection of six codexes, or codices, uh, of unknown origin, realistically their Oricon origin, um, and, you know, unknown contents. They were apparently originally discovered, the Lotus mentions that they were originally discovered decades prior to the original, uh, the, the start of this quest, uh, by the Grenier and, and the Corpus, and nobody knows what they are or what they do. The Grenier have a weird little belief that um, once they collect all the codices, they will um, be able to fix their tendency to decay over time because they haven't quite fi figured out how to use the Oricon technology for cloning. Um, on the other hand, the Corpus want to track down the codices because they think they're, they're treasure, they can sell them off, they can make a shitload of cash out of it. Um, who's right, who's wrong? Let's find out. Um, so at first, the Lotus discovers that the Grenier has located the final codex. So uh, out of all the six, they already have five of them and there's one left. Um, but it was stolen at the last second by Maru, who is a basically a thief or a mercenary for hire. Um, and Maru then goes into hiding after, after stealing that last codex. So the Lotus finds out she's on Mars and she sends the Tenno after her to hunt her down and, and find out where that last codex is. Um, so while trying to capture her, because uh, if you recall the mission, you're chasing Maru and uh, trying to take her down. Uh, she's talking to you and um, sort of uh, making fun of you the whole time because she's she seems to have a weird little tendency to dislike or distrust uh, the Tenno in particular. So she's sort of making fun of you uh, as she's running away and the Lotus is trying to persuade her to, to come to the, the help of the Tenno. But she doesn't listen. You eventually capture her. Uh, and she gets interrogated, and you find out as a result of that interrogation that um, she was hired by Tyl Rigor, or Til Rigor, or however you, the hell you pronounce his crazy name, uh, of the of the Grenier, of course. <clears throat> but Maru herself doesn't like the Grenier; she doesn't trust them, uh, so she betrayed them, and she actually sold the the Codex to um, the Corpus. So basically, you find out that there's pieces of codices all over the place um and uh it, it's really she she then gets convinced as i mean she's still captured but basically the lotus says to her look the grenier are after you because you went and sold the corpus piece we'll protect you but you've got to help us so she says all right fuck it may as well um so she takes you into um a couple of different missions to track down those codices. So basically you find out that the Grenier have three and the Corpus have two. And there's a, there's the sixth one, of course, that um, was sold on as well. Um, and when this was introduced, it was introduced to... I think it was what at the release of what they were calling Spy 2.0. I never played the original Spy missions, but this was uh, the new Spy missions that were added at the time. So that it was not only a training quest to teach you how to do Spy missions, but it was also a main core quest of the game. So it plays out in, in spy missions. Regardless of that, the Tenno tracks down the court, the um, uh, finds out that the the codices are with you know the Grenier and the the Corpus, and Order says, hey, you know what? I think 
the codices actually lead to a lost Ark and treasure, uh, which of course gets Maru excited. She is a thief after all, and she likes to sell things and make money, so she's definitely willing to help you. So you uh, steal the codices from the Grenier, um, and when you do steal them and get back to your ship, Ordis then begins to evaluate them, and uh, he comments on the perfection of the writing that he finds within. Um, you know, he is a Cephalon, so he, he loves knowledge, etc. So he, he thinks it's really um, perfectly written. Um, but Maru kind of thinks it's all a bit of a joke and nobody knows what they are. Uh, you then go and steal the rest from the corpus. Sorry, borrow, legally acquire the rest from <laughs> the corpus. Um, and Ordis's analysis then shows you that all of them together need to be read by an ancient machine uh, that he thinks doesn't work anymore because it's probably so old and oh well too late so sad but maru says that when she found that final piece it was actually with an ancient machine so uh, of course you're sent to go find it um so the the portal to that machine is on a grenier settlement on mars um, and that particular settlement just happens to be overrun by infested so you got to kill all those dudes and then jump through a portal into an auric and derelict ship um, and once you do get to the machine and activate it you actually get nothing. Uh, nothing is awarded, but the machine transmit a strange audio message. Um, and this is really the start of the funky stuff. So the rest of the, the quest to date, to up to this point, hasn't really introduced anything that's a spoiler. But this is where it starts to become spoilery, and the new, the new strange continues on that. And this is effectively the end of the quest, by the way. <clears throat> so it plays this strange audio message. You don't know if it's actually transmitting anything else, or if it's transmitting that to someone or anything, or if it's just playing the sound locally. But it's, it's um, an audio snippet that you hear there. Now, I don't have an audio cut of this particular one. I have some other audio snippets uh, for later in this uh, discussion, uh, but I can tell you what is said there. All is silent and calm. Hushed and silent is the womb of the sky. So, interestingly, that is a direct quote from an ancient text, a real-world text called the Popol Vuh. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, and the Popol Vuh is an ancient text of Mayan origin. It's, well, it was an ancient people that were related to the Mayan people in Guatemala, in Central, um, Central America. Um, and it was essentially a creation tale. So at the start of uh, the creation tale, when they were talking about the primordial world, word for word, all is silent and calm, hushed and silent as the womb of the sky, is at the start of that text. So obviously that's where Dee got it from, um, but you know, what it means in the context of Warframe is something we will look at. Um, so Maru comments, okay, she's used to getting nothing and she parts ways with the Tenno because, you know, nobody's chasing her anymore. <clears throat> all right, so that's all of Stolen Dreams. Did you want to mention anything before I move on to the new Strange, Lucas? Um, I think there was a moment uh, when that message was actually being played where I believe it was Lotus actually mentions that there's a possibility that message was not for you mm. and that it was being broadcast to someone else. So it's just an yes. interesting little little uh, add-on there that uh, you were never actually supposed to hear this message. Uh, in, a, in a story sense, this message was not for you, but you stumbled upon it and found it anyway. So that's... Well, potentially. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. That, that's the thing. They don't know whether it is being transmitted, transmitted, but it potentially is. Uh, and that is the important thing. What, what it, where it's coming from and who it's for, nobody knows. 
uh, but it's clearly not for you. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and this is this is really the point. So yeah, <clears throat> and it, it does go into a little bit more about that um, in the new strange. So let's move on. Uh, slightly shorter, well, not really a shorter quest actually. Probably just as long. Yeah, just as long. More, more, <laughs> yeah. more all over the place because there are um, more tedious tasks to Yeah, you do to have do. to do a bunch of piss, pain in the ass um, tasks for this one. It is Cephalon Samaris that sends you out on missions. Um, and of course, the new strange is awarded when you complete the Stolen Dreams quest. Uh, so here, Cephalon Samaris reaches out to you and says, um, Hey, some of my sentinels were captured. They were captured by the Grenier while they were out investigating one of their um, their settlement settlements, um, but he doesn't go into why his sentinels sentinels were investigating this particular facility, um, and the Lotus does ask him directly, and he says, "Ah, oh, you know, all knowledge is important, which it is. You know, we sentinels tend to agree." Um, so when you get there, sorry, we Cephalons tend to agree. When you get there and free these Sentinels, which are little Helios-like um, Sentinels that disappear once you free them, um, the Lotus basically says to you, I don't trust him, let's see what else we can find. And it turns into a spy mission, so you go running around and, and see what you can uncover. Uh, and she does that because, of course, she doesn't trust the guy. Um, when you do return to the Orbiter after uncovering everything you can find there, um, you do actually find another voice transmission this time including Grenier combat sounds, but unmistakably you hear the same voice as the previous transmission. So I do have a cut of this from the game, so I will play that for you now. Okay, as a result of this discovery, um, which is, you know, kind of a weird thing to say, the eyes of day drinking the night, whatevs. Um, <laughs> as a result of this discovery, the Lotus then sends to the Tenno to a relay to uh, discuss this with Samaris. Look what we found, basically. Um, but Samaris says, you know what? Knowledge must be earned, buddy. So off you go. You can do some scanning for me. Um, and I think he sends you off to, I can't even remember who he gets you to scan, but you got to go off uh, it, was, scan. it was, I believe, um, I believe the first ones were either Elite Lancers or Napalms? I think it's Elite Lancers, yeah. to be honest. But essentially, you find them on Mars. Yeah, you find them on Mars, you can do the same mission over and over again. Um, as a side note, you do need to do the synthesis training before progressing this quest you probably already know that if you're listening to the lorecast um if you are you don't care about spoilers and you're listening then that's uh, a note for you um all right <clears throat> once you've done that and you've gone and scanned all those dudes uh samaris will then give you some more information and basically he says that the voice in both transmissions is tenno in nature so specifically he mentions the biological signature of the voice is tenno in nature uh which is an interesting thing to say uh and he then presents the Tenno with uh, what is called a Scorch Beacon Blueprint. Um, it's, it's essentially a beacon that you, you need to build um, to start transmitting a signal. And the signal that is um, uh, transmitted is very similar, but slightly different to the one from Stolen Dreams. So I'll play that now. All is silent in the car. 
So as you may have, or may or may not have noticed, instead of saying all is silent and calm, it says all is silent in the calm this time around. But apart from that, everything else is pretty much the same. Um, so once Ordis hears this, though, he begins to kind of malfunction. And Samaris jumps in and sort of shuts him down. He doesn't really shut him down, but he, he basically takes control in order to save the Ordis program and sends the Tenno on a mission to track down the source of the transmission. So this um, mission is basically you're defending terminals while the source is being tracked. So it's a defense mission, um, uh, mobile defense, I believe. Um, and once you've finished that, you get another beacon, a chroma, a chroma signal blueprint, and you need to build this. Um, and Lotus is shocked to notice that the transmission is from Chroma. Um, and she believes that someone's possibly covering their tracks by using the Warframe. Uh, so things are starting to heat up and get interesting. Um, Samaris then has a bit of a discussion with Ordis and says, you know, um, he could probably restore his memories and his functionality over time. Um, Ordis discovers that, you know what, we could probably um, figure out where this message is coming from if we go back to the original machine and Samaris thinks that that's a, a pretty damn good idea and thinks his potential is probably being squandered by effectively only being an, a, a, an assistant to the Tenno. Um, this pisses the Lotus off a little bit and she tells the Tenno to go uh, quickly to proceed with the next mission to um, basically to interrupt that discussion. So you go back to the original arcade machine where it all started uh, and you find that there is a, an evil Chroma there waiting for you. Uh, and he does attack you um, and Lotus will tell you that Chroma is a highly adaptable Warframe and a few other things. Um, and as a result of that, Lucas and I have been talking that, um, you know, we think that probably Chroma may well be sentient in nature. And we'll go into that a little bit more um, towards the end of, of this discussion. Uh, but yeah, th it's, there's a few things about Chroma that are quite interesting. Uh, Samaris doesn't want the Tenno to engage the Warframe, he just wants them to synthesize it and get the hell out of there. So um, once, he does, once you do synthesize Chroma, um, he then says to you, he knows about another Arcane Codex and yet another machine and you must build another beacon from the chroma mark that you got from synthesizing chroma. So there's a lot of building beacons in this, and there's a lot of back and forth, and it is a bit of a tedious quest. And a lot of synthesizing. Um, sort of so great. All the fun. A lot of synthesizing, yeah. It is probably one of the most pain-in-the-ass quests, and if you didn't pay attention to it at the time because you just kept getting asked to do all these tedious things, you probably would have not noticed a lot of what was going on um, at the side. So, of course, you build this Chroma Mark beacon because you want to finish the damn quest. <laughs> and Samaris then says to Ordus, you can become an, a steward of my sanctuary. You know, work for me. Stay with me. I'll fix you. I'll, rest I'll return you to your former glory, basically. Um, and Ordus does at this time accept and says that he will go and do that. Um, to which Samaris then says, okay, well, here's where Chroma is. Let's go get him. Let's, uh, if we kill him, maybe we'll find out who's controlling him. So, the Tenno head to the second arcade machine. They activate it and they defend it from a whole bunch of infested enemies while they're waiting on Chroma to appear. And it's at this point, actually, where Lotus mentions that... Um, oh, no, it's not. That was the other one, so... Skip that. Ignore I said anything. <laughs> I was referring to a different quest. Um, so you, you take on those uh, infested enemies. Eventually, Chroma does appear. Um, 
But when he does, Ordus defies Samaris and says to the Tenno to scan it instead of destroying it. Once you're finished scanning and synthesizing him, Chroma disappears and you get given the Chroma blueprint. Yay! You won't be able to build that for a hell of a long time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Samaris, of course, is disappointed at Ordus's defiance, but Ordus stands by his decision and by the Tenno and refers to himself as the Operator's Cephalon after all. Now, I'm thinking this might be the first use of the term Operator in a quest, although maybe in the little um, uh, random quotes that uh, Ordus says to you before that, you, he probably refers to you as the operator, but I've got a feeling that might be the first time that Ordus refers to us as the operator, which is interesting. Do you know of any other time where he calls us operator prior to that? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head, but I feel like I, th- I feel like he does in like the uh, the everyday um, quotes. Yeah, he would in the in the random the random quotes. But apart from that, unless maybe he says it to you the first time when you run up to the ship at the start in Vor's prize. Oh yes, yes he does. He might actually say, "Ooh, you're the operator." I think he does. Actually. Yeah. Oh look, a new operator. Yeah. Scratch yeah, that. Yeah. Or nothing. Yeah. Oh, it, it's it's still um, it's still something, I guess. Yeah, I've had my memory wiped too many times, so you know it's a <laughs> memory lapse. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So, what do you think all of this crap is about, Lucas? Well, um, it's it's confusing. Well, all is silent and calm. Well, what I, do you think's happening? Okay, so with that one, with with some of the stuff you see later on in the game, it becomes quite clear what it's referring to um and that it, uh, you know, it does. We, we've we've taken we've, we've said everything's on the table now so I'm just going to go out and say it it does refer to the uh, upcoming um second dream quest line uh in terms of it's, it's a big hint as to what to expect from the second dream um yeah as the the, the womb in the sky turns out to actually be Earth's moon. So Yeah. Where where um Lotus or Natar is hiding hiding the tenno, exactly. Yeah, hiding that's, hiding that's, the heart of the warframe essentially. Yeah. As they, as they that's, refer to it. Interestingly, that is Hunhau's words. He refers to it as the womb in the sky. Yes. So um that's why that's what leads me to think that the voice Maybe Hunhao or maybe related to Hunhao. It's just interesting that um, Samaris mentions that uh, the voice is Tenno in nature. So that's another thing. I mean, could it be the Stalker? I don't think it's related to the Stalker, although the voice sounds very similar. Yes, yes. But I, I think in, in the with the uh, the Stalker, um, the Stalker that I talked about recently, we actually found out that the Stalker itself is actually not related to the Tenno at all, the tenor, and is yeah. actually just a, a um, basically a royal guard uh, that was yeah. that witnessed everything happen with when the Tenno struck. Um, so it, it is a bit of a yeah, it is a bit of a difficult one to really grasp as to how it could be uh, Tenno in nature. Um, I mean, okay, if we if we want to look at the the Chroma side of things, this is this is something that I found quite interesting. Um, you look at the law of chroma, and the uh, the pelt, the pelt that chroma has, is actually a chunk of sentient. Uh, that after a bloody, grueling battle, 
the original Chroma Warframe walked over, picked up this piece of sentient, and just threw it over his body like a pelt, essentially creating the effigy that we know and love today um, that is a part of Chroma. Hmm. Um, now, that being the case, you know, the pelt being of sentient nature, uh, we've, we've also learnt that, um, that the shards of a sentient can be kind of, they, the, the main host sentient can actually project its consciousness to its multiple different shards. Um, hmm. so just kind of shooting in the dark here, there's a possibility that the chroma effigy sentient piece was actually a piece of Hunhao. Um, and mm. what we actually came across was Hunhao being able to uh, control Chroma through the yeah. through the use of the effigy. Yeah, that's that's what it seems like. That's probably the most likely um, interpretation of what's going on there. So, you know, there's no, there's no. I don't think. I mean, while we have read a lot of the law. There's a lot of little things hidden in different places, and there's probably bit, there's possibly bits I should say that we've missed, and I don't think there's anything that actually goes into any more detail about any of this. So I think really the only interpretation you can make is probably that, um, and that's why Chroma uh, was you know a hostile version of Chroma. He was completely under control, possibly by Hunhao, um, and you know it's just interesting that. Chroma itself is is related to a sentient, and that is directly within the Chroma law itself. Uh, when you look at his his law page, isn't it? Yes. Yes. You look at his actual codex entry for Chroma, and it actually goes into the fact that uh, that the effigy was just a uh, a piece of sentient laying on the ground. That Chroma walked over and went, "Ooh, shiny, new new coat," and threw it over his fucking shoulders. So. <laughs> exactly so i uh, i i really like this quest um when i first played it because when when that voice first came on and said all is silent and calm i just thought that was super cool it was kind of really metal oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um yeah i loved it um and that was when i really started to get into warframe um which is why hopefully as long as um old mate yarn can record <laughs> the new intro <laughs> which hasn't been done as yet <laughs> um oh wait no he has done it he's just sent me a message saying he's done it so we should have a new intro that you've already heard by now so <laughs> mm, awkward um and i do plan to put that at the start of the lore casts because it's one of my favorite little tidbits um so i think that's probably all we need to really say about these two particular quests anything else you want to say um no, we pretty much covered everything that I, I think was important. Um, you know, the little bit of chroma thing. Um, actually, scrap that. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna add anything else, it's just gonna be a little bit of something unrelated, in a sense, to law and more on chroma himself. Um, now, because they did his law like this, and effigy is essentially a sentient that he's ad adopted. Um, I don't see much changes ever coming to the effigy ability. Just to let our listeners know, the law has made it this way, so th there's not really a lot they can change about it, unfortunately. Sorry, guys. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit late now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've kind of etched it into the law. It, it's 
chiseled in stone. This is the way effigy is. It's un, it's, a, it's a separate entity from chroma. You can't exactly do much more with it. I mean, maybe may slight reprogramming through the through the, the sentience, but uh, I, I don't see much difference ever coming to effigy. Yeah. So sorry, guys. Yeah. Sorry to burst your bubbles. <laughs> yeah, no, you're probably right about that. Um, you know, they could change whatever the fuck they wanted to, let's be honest, but I doubt they would for the very reasons you just mentioned. Yeah, so. yeah. All right. Kill, kill. Let us move on to the Cephalons. Go, Cephalons. Lucas. All right. Well, artificial intelligence constructs of synthetic life forms uh, made up of light and logic. Uh, they have human-like qualities in the form of unique personalities. Cephalons are, as appears, dedicated to their jobs, whether assigned or chosen themselves. So looking at a fragment containing uh, a secret message uh, in-game. Ordus mentions that Cephalons were not actually created during the Orican era, but were, and I quote, found, like pearls, polished, and set in chains. Now, we look at Ordus alone. Um, we then find out that he was actually once a man named Orden um, Caris. Uh, a, a mercenary warrior known as the Beast of Bones. I would love to find out more about about uh, Orden Carius, but for now we're going to go talk about the Cephalons. Um, uh, who this this individual uh, single-handedly attempted to take down the Orican Empire and actually tried to assassinate a few of the uh, the higher ups um, and failed devastatingly. Uh, uh, and through his failure. It was actually ex uh, Executor Ballas who forced Orden into becoming a Cephalon uh, as a form of punishment, and that is the lovely Ordus that we all have grown to love and adore nowadays. Uh, so looking at this originally, I personally thought that it was a, a the ultimate uh, prison sentence. I mean, you've, you've literally had your body stripped, and you're just a conscious entity used as a on-board ship operation for the rest of eternity. That sounds pretty harsh. <laughs> <laughs> However, uh, upon the release of Octavia's Anthem, a short um, Warframe uh, webcomic was actually released called What Remains. Uh, it's a short story revealing Cephalon Suda, who was once an Oricon scholar, uh, who then started suffering from memory loss, and decided to volunteer her own mind uh, to become a Cephalon before too much knowledge actually became lost to her. So it's interesting to see that Cephalons, some Cephalons were actually punished, and some people were punished and turned into Cephalons, but others actually had the choice to preserve their own minds. Um, so just a little bit of a interesting curveball there. Um, so then looking at the different types of Cephalons, we know so far that there are the ship-class Cephalons, like Ordus and uh, Cephalon Jordus. Ordus, Jordus. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> fantastic naming abilities. <laughs> um, then we also have the training-slash-entertainment Cephalons, uh, like Sork and Val. Now, these ones are, uh, aren't really well-known, but they are essentially... 
when you do uh, capture the flag in the um, conclave, conclave, yes, conclave, that's the one. When you do capture the flag in conclave, they are actually they are actually the flags. <laughs> <laughs> um, and upon picking up your enemy's flag, it will start um, insulting you and <laughs> driving you nuts. So, <laughs> entertainment slash training cephalons exist. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, you have the knowledge banks, like ourselves, or Suda or Samaris, you know, and those other guys that also give out information, I guess, or way better. <laughs> Um, but at, at this current point in time, these are the only um, types of Cephalon that we are aware of. Uh, there could be more. There could be, you know, going to go a little bit Destiny here and say maybe a Warmind kind of style of, of Cephalon that we're unaware of yet. It's a possibility. Um, but, yeah, we only know of three types. Uh, so, essentially, they are human minds or you know, minds of organic beings that have become data. Um, but there are a few other things that, uh, that kind of intrigued me about a bit about Cephalons, and they may actually create more questions than answer. Um, <laughs> so one thing I actually wanted to bring forward uh, was that um, the, 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 a list of inbuilt rules or instructions uh, exist inside Cephalons, um, and they, they must abide by these. It's unclear how many there are, but so far we only know of one of them, and that is Precept 44, uh, which is to always help other Cephalons in need. Uh, this was actually found out during the Jordus Precept mission uh, mm. questline, um, and you know, Ordus was quite adamant on, on uh, getting us to assist uh, Jordis in his troubles. Um, it, it became kind of... Uh, uh, what's a word I would use? Um, uh, driven. Mm. Driven. He became quite driven. Like He basically begged the Tenno to help with this. Um, so it, it's quite adamant, uh, adamantly clear that these inbuilt precepts are kind of like a uh, laws that Cephalons must follow. Um, I myself can't think of any that, that we have locked in a way in our minds. I think we've, we've uh, been uh, separated from the Precept database for too long. <laughs> We're just going rogue. <laughs> uh, now, secondly, this one is actually going on to Jordis himself. Yeah, he actually reveals during the trial uh, Jordis verdict raid, which uh, now is now unavailable, that it is actually possible to copy his own imprint into new ships in order to aid the spread of the infestation. Um, which, mm. at the same time, Jordis is actually infected by. So this shows that our Cephalons are actually susceptible to organic contagions. So, mm. yes, yes, Cephalons can get sick. But I wonder if that's been redacted now that they've uh, pulled the trial out of the game. <laughs> Possibly, but at the same time, Jordis still exists in game, and he is actually infected by the infestation. This is true. Uh, and finally, during you know, this one is actually during Vor's Prize. This is the very start of the game. Uh, Davo uh, actually implies that Cephalons are still being found 
by the corpus and sold as commodities. Uh, and he actually mentions this when uh, when you rescue him uh, and bring him aboard your ship. Um, he has a little bit of a conversation with Ordus, and he actually mentions that um, to the Tenno that maybe you might want to think about buying yourself a new ship. This one seems a little busted. Um, <laughs> so the, this one actually isn't. There's no further confirmation about it, but it does seem like more Cephalons are being, again, in quotations, found uh, <laughs> by the uh, by the corpus. Um, mm, he wants us to get rid of old busted ass orders. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he has his uses. Out <laughs> <laughs> oh, <just> of <laughs> Hey, that is that is interesting. Mm. It's- Plenty of other cephalons around. Yes, yes. We now, keep blowing them up. <laughs> now, there was actually one thing I wanted to go back about. Um, talking about that, uh, the fact that who Ordus once was, um, and kind of just thinking about the... Uh, um, shit, can't think of the quest name. We just spoke about it. New Strange. The New Strange. Mm-hmm. When Samaris is actually talking to Ordus and... You know, mentioning that he can fix his mind and and you know essentially return into who he once was, is that really a good idea? Well, it depends on yeah, because he does mention he he can restore his memories and things like that. So, um, <clears throat> but it depends on whether he means he's going to restore his Cephalon memories or his um, Orden Karis memories, because. Hmm. They do, there is another thing about Cephalons, they mentioned that um, they tend to wipe their memories every once in a while to make sure that they keep on top of their database. Yes, but but in saying that, it has been the few hundred years since other Oricons have been able to refresh uh, such memories. So, I think think, uh, uh, Auden, Karis maybe closer to the surface than than people realize yeah well i think that's the point of the um the reason he keeps talking about coming back covered in blood and <laughs> things like that yeah um <clears throat> that's that's orden Karras coming out in him yeah i mean a man that was referred to as the uh beast of bones yeah it's pretty cool that was very metal <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed yeah but you know, that's uh, that's Cephalons in a nutshell. I mean, no, that's that's scratching the surface, to be honest. Um, there is a hell of a lot more about Cephalons. Uh, um, going as Greg mentioned, going into the the fact that their memories were actually wiped on a regular basis to keep them under control. Um, that's that's you know that's one part. Um, I don't think this is something that happens to all Cephalons. I think that's just mainly the ones that were turned prisoner. Because mm. um, I can't imagine Samaris being... I, 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 think, I think Samaris and Suda are, are more powerful than, uh, than, than people realize because of the simple fact that they, they have their own following. Right? They are syndicates of their own. Mm. Um, <laughs> so they, you know, they have more power than... A regular cephalon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they have followers. They have mm. people who you know revere them in some way. Yeah. So there was one thing I wanted to add um, in that 
I mean, it's still not comp- 100% disputed, but uh, there was a time pretty much prior to the, what was the, pro- uh, the apostasy, apostasy prologue. Prior to that, there were many people out there, including yourself, Lucas, who mentioned that it was possible that the Jade Light was what turned people into Cephalons. Now, we still don't know that 100% that it doesn't, but um, with what happened, especially in the Chimera Prologue, where um, Ballas specifically mentions that Margulis was killed when she was sent to the Jade Light, um, it seems that this isn't the case, that the Jade Light doesn't... Because I think by putting that in, I think they wanted to dispel the rumour that um, yeah. Lotus was still uh, partly Margulis because she she was like a, a Cephalon within the Lotus or something like that. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think that that's why they wanted to destroy that. But I think it's probably likely that the Jade Light is just a thing that disintegrates people. But we still don't know 100%, but yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Just wanted to. I mean, I mean, well. I mean, for all we know, for all we know, we could actually end up later on down the track coming, coming up face to face with Muggles as a, as a Cephalon, which would be extremely funny. <laughs> um, but you know, we we don't know. Like, it, it's all really speculation until they actually come out and say that the Jade Light only kills. Mm, yeah, it's that's true, but um, yeah. It seems to be people reading, maybe reading a little bit too much between the lines, but the reality is there's so many twists, twists and turns in Warframe to yes. date yes. that anything could be anything until it's 100% not. So, yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, yeah. Looking at looking at some of the stuff what we've actually spoken about today, uh, especially the, the Chroma sentient thing, we, didn't, we weren't aware of that like a week ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, well, we were. Well, you mentioned yeah. it about a month ago. Yeah, when we actually <laughs> when we started researching, you know, we weren't aware of this yeah. until we started researching the actual uh, the quest yeah, line and whatnot. Exactly. Um, but, you know, for all we know, there, there's there's hundreds, thousands of little hidden things that we may have missed about these quest lines, or that we may miss about future quest lines, uh, because of the simple fact that D is just not very forthcoming with the information they're, they're very they're very tight-lipped about about the law so it leaves uh, a lot of it to speculation hmm. mundo. oh well <laughs> Specul- that's, that's, speculate we will <laughs> yeah well you, you kind of have to and that's that's pr- pretty much the point of the, the law cast really we want to we want to go over what we do know 100 percent, and then what we think that might mean and that's that's really just comes down to speculation so if anyone out there is listening and they do know something or they have read something that um, contradicts something that we've mentioned or anything like that please let us know we're we're not actual cephalons <laughs> we aren't dictionaries um we're not computers that are full of full of knowledge and we're just spouting it out to you sadly speak, speak for yourself um, <laughs> Yeah, maybe Lucas is. But <laughs> yeah, so there, there's times when we'll make mistakes and that's life. Um, but yeah, so that was our first Lawcast. Uh, in addition, um, let us know what you thought of the uh, structure. 
uh, the length, things like that, because we do do, you know, about a one to, to one and a half hour regular show every week. Um, you know, do you want the law cast to be, you know, this one's coming up on 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, do you want them to be that long? Or would you prefer them to be shorter? Do you care? Does it matter? Um, the minis we try and keep to about 15 or 20 minutes. Is that going well? Give us some feedback, guys. Um, we want to make sure that we're making the show that you want to listen to, I guess, is the, the best way of putting it. Um, anything else you want to add before we close out our very first Lawcast? No, no, just uh, just thank, just my usual thank you to the community. I mean, um, you know, a lot of this that we, that we do takes um, takes a lot of work and, and effort and time, so um, we, we do it for you guys, and there's a bit of enjoyment well, in there for us as well. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, there's, yeah. there's plenty of enjoyment in there for us. But um, yeah, this week I was bloody in, interstate uh, in Sydney for most of the week, and yeah. <sighs> and, and yeah, and I was so uh, just just getting out of uh, out of defrag. So yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it <was> great <laughs> exactly. great timing all around. But you know, we um we really do appreciate the community, and as 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 always, as I normally say, thank you so much. Um, yeah, just let us know if we're doing a good job. We're always happy to hear from you guys. Um, and yeah, not really much more to say than that. <laughs> so check us out on our, our website, um, cephalonsquared.com. Uh, you can find all the links to everything we do, except for Instagram. I set up an Instagram account this week. Um, I don't know how often I'm going to be able to post because, uh, you know, we need to get pictures from somewhere. I'm going to be posting some of the older pictures we've posted to Facebook and things like that. So um, it's just Cephalon Squared, as you would expect uh, on Instagram. But I do plan to start sharing a little bit more there as well. Um, of course, we've got Facebook, Twitter, Discord, etc., etc., etc. You can find all of that on the website. website. Please give us a rating on, on your podcast platform. Um, we're still yet to see a lot of, of ratings on there. Um, but there are a few which we're happy with so um, give us a rating it, it helps people actually know that we exist which is, is good for everyone um, my name's Greg Newbegin I am Mad Capsules pretty much everywhere Lucas who are you? I am Lucas and Silverlight pretty much everywhere uh, S-I-L-V-R-L-G-H-T indeed you are so th thanks to Jan at Disco Box on Twitter for our brand new law uh, introduction that I haven't even listened to yet, but I'm sure it was blindingly good. <laughs> and thanks to all of you good people for listening to us again. We um, are glad you're here. I feel the goosebumps. <laughs> I feel the goosebumps already. It's already an amazing opening. I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel it through I can the feel it. Uh, ripples through time <laughs> ripples through time it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> exactly all right thanks again and we'll see you in just a couple of days for episode 16 16 <laughs> thank you very much guys bye bye thanks for listening to cephalon squared if you'd like to contact us send an email to cephalon squared at gmail.com or get in touch via twitter or facebook you can also join our discord or send us a voice message via the Anchor app. See you next week!